Breakfast Show. You're listening to Faith FM. We are live from Newcastle. This morning you've got the Leave team to listen to, which is uh, comprised today of Sharissa Tarosian. Welcome back, Sharissa. Thanks, Mon. Thanks for coming in yesterday. Thanks for coming in today. And uh, and me, Mon. <laughs> Mon from long ago, ye old Mon. <laughs> um, just, just back for the week. Don't stress, everyone. Lyle and Lawson will be back before you even know it. Sharissa, yes. tell me what you're grateful for this morning. Oh, where do I start? I'm grateful for a warm bed. I'm grateful for the rain. I'm also grateful for God's perfect timing. I was oh. reflecting on that on the way here and just thinking, you know, sometimes you're going through things in your life and you wonder why is this happening right now? And then hindsight is 2020. You look back so and you're true. like, God's fingerprints were all over the timing in that situation. So I'm grateful for God's timing. Amen. Well, I can't wait to tell you what I'm grateful for because you are going to drool into your <laughs> microphone, Sharissa. Okay. Yesterday, after many years, I was finally able to get my hands on my all-time favorite veggie burger. <laughs> so there's a little place here in Newcastle called Rascals and they uh-huh. have a vegan cheeseburger. And I, I know a lot of like the fake veggie meats, like they sit kind of heavy in your stomach afterwards and you feel gross. Not this burger. It is succulent <laughs> and juicy and like so flavorsome. Are they paying you? No, they're not. <laughs> In fact, the first time that I took GJ Shell to try it out, she actually told me to shut up so she could focus on the burger. <laughs> She's like, I need you to be quiet because I just want to focus on how good this burger is. <laughs> so that's wow. how good the burger is. So I was really stoked because, you know, it's the only place I can find it is here in Newcastle. I've been all over the world and I've tried veggie burgers everywhere. Uh-huh. But, man, the best one, right here in Nui. If go. anyone's passing through, just go and get one and take me with you. <laughs> They're so good. Hey, give us a call and tell us what you're grateful for. Uh, 0491-064-669. Share those blessings around. Also, send in a question of the day. Yes. Yeah, we have question of the day coming up at the end of the show, and we love fielding questions beforehand. So if you have a burning question, maybe a Bible question or a morality question, give us a call. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. Sharissa, yes. I'm so excited about the good news, but first we're going to do the quiz. Okay. Okay, so it's about it's our pentathlon quiz. Question one is worth 100 points. Question two, 200 points, and so forth through to question five, which is worth 500 points. You can call in and answer at any time. If you get the first question right, you get a Faith FM bookmark and bumper sticker. Second gets a back issue of Science Magazine. Third gets a pocket sermon. Fourth gets the book of the day and, uh, sorry, the bargain book. And fifth gets the book of the day. But if you wait until the end to collect your prizes and get them all right, you literally get everything on the prize Get a show bag. Literally. How cool is that? So let's kick it off. Question number one. When Jesus comes back in power and great glory, what did he say he would arrive in? Ooh. Yeah. When Jesus comes back in power and great glory, what did he say he would arrive in? Give us a call if you think you know the answer or a text 0491064669. DJ Shell will be fielding those calls and telling you that you're right or wrong. Um, and guess what else, Sharissa? What else? For those who maybe don't get the prize, there is something else they can have for free. It's an experience and they are invited this, is it this weekend? Yeah, yes, it is this it weekend. Is. Um, to a free sacred concert. Uh, brought to them by Eastwood Missions. It's choir and orchestra. 
Yes. Which is very cool. And this is actually happening at the church where you work. It's it's at, yeah, Hamilton Seventh-day Adventist Church there on the corner of Lindsay Street. So, uh, yeah. 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Come on up or down, depending on where you live or <laughs> inwards or outwards, wherever. Saturday, this weekend, the 22nd of January at 6 p.m. That's right. That's going to be great. Are you performing in that? Nope. Is your sister? Nope. Okay, so <laughs> but people should still come because it's going to be excellent. Absolutely, just, I just asked because I know that your sister's like a professional singer, she, she right? Is. Yeah, and you've like done backup vocals on her album. She's like, the only person in the whole world who'll ever ask me. <laughs> well, that's a challenge. <laughs> Maybe I'll no, ask no, no, you. No, no. <laughs> There's good reason for that. <laughs> no nonsense. We were discussing yesterday um, that it's we. I've read a book called The Voice and Speech and Song by a lady called E. G. White. And she actually writes in there that everybody was given the gift, the talent of voice. Um, it's just a matter of cultivating it. Mm. So I've got a bit more cultivation to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you and me both, Sharissa. <laughs> Sharissa, today is just one of those days where good news is just abundant. I don't know. I don't even really? know where to That's start. Like, I've got so many good news stories to start with, um, to share. I'm just going to get through as many of them as possible. Sure. But I think my personal favorite is the fact that you just gave me a little baggie. <laughs> Filled with dried apple from your dehydrator. I thought after making such a song and dance about it, I needed to prove to you the Aldi dehydrator works. And it works really well. Is this the first apple that you've attempted to dehydrate? It's the first apple I've ever dehydrated. And I've just eaten some and it's so, it's, I can't believe how much flavor is in one flake because I can't say these are apple chunks that you can buy in a supermarket because you've, you've sliced them really thin. So they're definitely apple flakes. Oh, you you peeled them. I was wondering how your knife work was so delicate. I was trying to get like apple chips. Oh, <laughs> then I realized it won't make them crunchy. Oh, I wonder what would make them crunchy. Maybe baking them in the oven. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know. But these are really good. Thank you so much. That's one piece of good news. Another piece of good news. I don't know if you've heard what's happening down in Adelaide. This is so funny. So some prankster has decided they're going to lighten up the mood. Everyone's a little bit depressed with COVID, and they've been going around. I don't know if you can want to call this vandalizing. They've been forgiven by all powers that be, but they've been putting giant googly eyes <laughs> on all different kinds of faces. Um, so it started off, they stuck googly eyes on the um, Colonel Sanders or the bucket on the KFC. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So like one eye looking up, one eye looking down. Then they put it on the Dan Murphy sign on the side of their wall. And most recently they woke up yesterday um, and, <laughs> And Adelaideans found some googly eyes on Colonel Light. I don't know if you know who Colonel Light is. He's South Australia's first surveyor general. Okay. You know when you walk through a park and there's like a big statue yeah, yeah. and no one knows who that is? That's who that guy is. And uh, so they pop some googly eyes on him. Have a look. It's one of those very serious, oh, okay. you know, metal <laughs> statues of a guy pointing very dramatically into the distance with his sword at his waist. <laughs> <laughs> He's got googly eyes. It's so funny. Um, I applaud this person. Good job. Um, keep doing it. <laughs> Send us pictures. So, yeah, definitely jump on Google and just Google Adelaide googly eyes and you will have a little giggle. Second or third good news story is about Cassie the Kelpie. Sure, so. yeah. This dog is just incredible. This was actually quite a... Catty? Uh, Cassie, oh, Cassie, the Kelpie. Yeah, it's actually quite a miraculous story. Um, so Cassie uh, was is a working dog out on a farm, and um, she jumped onto. This is in 
Streatham in southwest southwest Victoria. Uh, there was a storm happening and she took refuge on the back of a ute that belonged to one of the workers on the farms and the worker didn't realise that she was on the back. So he went home that night, 60 kilometres west to Glen Thompson, um, where she jumped out of the tray and then went to a local service station where she found a freighter truck, like a big Mack truck, mm-hmm. and um, and that was pulled up there for the night and it seems that she went under the truck and crawled up into the engine bay. Ooh. And then the next morning, the trucker obviously didn't realize that so he jumps in there and he drives wow. 250 kilometers. Do you know how hot it gets in an engine bay? Like, unbelievable. The only way they actually found her was because um, the truck was on its way to get uh, serviced. Uh-huh. And so they pulled into the service and the diesel mechanics um, opened it up. And uh, the boys in the service bay tilted the cab over and they found her. The dog wagging her tail. Um, so they got her down straight away and apparently started walking. It was a really hot day, so they put her in an air-conditioned room and she drank four bottles of water. Um, <laughs> apparently she was pretty fine other than that. She had to get her arm strapped, well, her leg strapped. Um, but they have absolutely no no idea how the dog survived or how the dog even fit in that space because it's a very, very small space. They say maybe because she's a farm dog and she's used to going into like those small dog boxes. Mm. Um, but they were able to use her microchip to track down her owners. And um, and so she went home with just some light abrasions. That's a beautiful story. Yeah, a bit of an adventure story. Are you a dog person? I am a dog person. Okay, we can continue doing radio together. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, have a look at that online. She's actually a really, really cute doggy um have a look at her little face like she's there Aww. with the vet she looks a little bit worried <laughs> she's got a little arm her leg strapped up so yeah that's cassie the kelpie survived um next piece of good news have you ever heard of rainbow village no i haven't this is so cool so in taiwan 14 years ago a 84 year old military veteran so 40 14 years ago he was 84 um he was told that his home and his village was going to be torn down by the government and, uh, and he decided, you know what, I, I'm, I, don't, I can't really do much, but I can paint murals. And so he decided to get some paints out and paint the entire village with murals. It is so beautiful. Well, I don't know if I could live with this because it's very bright. But oh, I wish everyone could see this. Yeah, th- this Amazing. is like a – this good news segment is all about Googling. You have to go – you have to Google the googly eyes, <laughs> Google the, the cute dog, and Google this rainbow village in Taiwan. So this man just – this 84-year-old man just decided to paint this entire rainbow village um, in a bid to save save it, <clears throat> and it worked. So they actually decided to heritage list this, and it's now internationally recognised uh, tourist attraction. It's listed in so many different awards. So um, Lonely Planet ranked it as one of the secret marvels of the world. Uh, it's also been um, voted many times as one of the most Instagrammable spots on the planet. We all know what that means, and um, and yeah, and so the 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 Taiwanese government has even um, uh, issued a what do you call those things like a, a fund, like a cultural fund. So it's created the Rainbow Cultural and Creative Company, which produces the tourist infrastructure and helps supply paint to extend and repair the murals. So this has ended up becoming um, a, a revenue-generating tourist spot for the Taiwanese government because so many people come out here and uh, and check it out. Good on him. Yeah, and he's now uh, what's fourteen? So he's now eighty. So he's now ninety-eight years old. Wow. Him and his wife still <laughs> live there. They're the only people who get to live there, get to stay there. He's wow. still kicking. He loves to come out and show tourists his little rainbow village. 
Um, but yeah, definitely give that a Google. It's really, really pretty. Can I fit one more new good news story please, in? Please, please, Okay, awesome. So this is coming out of the other Newcastle, not the one that we're sitting in right now, but Newcastle in uh, England, where they have just finished developing um, a testing patch. So it's a little testing patch that people can take with them when they go on a night out because it turns out uh, right now there's a bit of a spike in spiking. So uh, especially against women, so people are like at restaurants, at yep. bars and clubs, that kind of place, like any sort of um, venue where you can drink a beverage, and they are finding that drugs and um, um, ketamines are being put in their drinks. So sometimes they say it's for prank, but often it's for the purpose of assaulting them later. Mm-hmm. And so a company uh, has developed a little patch that people can take in their purse or in their back pocket and when they drink their beverage, they can just like either dip their finger in it or just take the straw and put a drop on the patch and then it'll change colour and tell them whether or not it's, it's been spiked. Ah, oh, excellent. Yeah, so it's actually really helping them, um, yeah, have a safer night out because it is a massive problem. Apparently, like a lot of people um, get their drinks spiked, but they don't report it because they feel silly, mm. which is actually just really horrible. Yeah, that's a really good story. I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. And oh, do we have time for one more? No, we don't really. Oh, look. Oh, oh we magically do. got more time. <laughs> Thanks, DJ Shell. <laughs> this is really cool. So um, in Australia, um, the first group of people is just about to graduate who went through something called Adversity to University. So this is a program that was um, implemented to help people experiencing homelessness to get a tertiary education. It's so heartwarming. So these people have turned their lives around. Um, sometimes, you know, just circumstances of their life haven't allowed them to, um, um, uh, I don't want to say get far, but to 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 achieve their dreams, basically. Um, so one of them, his name is Darren Higginson. He is a 57-year-old. He was staying in a, a shared sheltered accommodation after battling alcohol addiction following the death of his partner about 14 years ago. So he slipped into depression um, and then into alcoholism. And uh, he's now finished a degree in sociology and is getting his life back on track. And there's just story after story of these people who, through this adversity to university program, have been able to change their life and turn the course of their life around. So, so much wonderful news coming out of the world today. Just really, really positive. I'm glad. Yeah, amen. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Welcome back. I have a mouthful of dried apple and it's delicious, <laughs> Teresa. Thank you so much for giving that to me. You're welcome. It is time for our next quiz question. This is worth 200 points. What Israelite, as a powerful official in Egypt, was confronted by his betraying brothers and forgave them? Mm. What Israelite, as a powerful official in Egypt, was confronted by his betraying brothers and forgave them? Oh, that Zero- one's easier. Yeah, 0491 Did you find that easier than the first one? I did. Yeah, same. Um, but I'm yeah. it's not quite sure about the first one. <laughs> oh, aren't you? Okay, cool. It could be a few, uh, few ways. See how we go. Uh, 0491 if you think you know the answer. Sharissa, tell us what is going on around the world I today. I feel a little bit bad doing this right now because you had such a beautiful <laughs> news segment. But, you know, there's not everything in the world in the current news segment that is bad. It's just 
Interesting. Um, it's current. It's current. <laughs> so here's a real current story. There has been a new species of tarantula discovered by a Thai YouTube star. Yeah, no, that's terrible news. <laughs> really, really. Can we but just it's not COVID. That's hit what... the delete button. We don't want to broadcast that. <laughs> I really like the way that the uh, article talks about it here. It says, these animals are truly remarkable. And I like how it calls a spider <laughs> animal because it's huge. But no, yeah. is it really? Yeah, well, it lives. Um, this is why it's a new type of tarantula it's they found it it's living in an in bamboo like inside the Ugh. the bamboo stems and uh yeah pretty uh, amazing so i just want everyone to know this because it's very important that you know it okay i'm never gonna look at bamboo the same way i guess maybe, i guess it's all right because if they really like being inside their bamboo to the extent that we've never met them before yeah. i guess they'll leave us alone you have no bamboo near you Probably. Oh, yeah, no, I haven't. But. <laughs> so we're safe. Um, but then here's another interesting um, headline in the news this morning. Devondale butter varieties have been recalled over <gasps> bacterial fears. Now, it won't affect me because I don't actually eat. Oh, you're concerned, Mon? I think I have eaten some Devondale <laughs> butter in the last few days. I'm staying at someone's okay. house while I'm in Newcastle. I'm pretty sure that's the brand they have in their fridge. All right. So the Devondale butter varieties sold at Woolworths, Coles, Aldi and Costco have all been re- uh, recalled from shelves following fears of bacterial contamination. Oh, wow. So that, you know, the recall has been issued due to potential microbial contamination. So that's, um, where something. did that come from? Like, did it come from like a, like a dirty implement or something or I... someone sneezed in the butter? Like, how does that happen? <laughs> I really don't know, but I just know that you need to be careful okay. about the butter that you're okay. eating today. I shouldn't be eating butter anyway. I should yeah. just be eating margarine or better yet, just avocado. <laughs> That's, do you know what? You know how people argue about what's better, margarine or butter? The answer is avocado. Oh, really? Yeah. You can, anywhere that you use butter, you can use avocado. Okay. Like, especially on toast. Okay. You just stick some avocado down and then suck some honey and have honey and avocado on toast. Because <laughs> avocado doesn't really have any flavor, it just tastes fatty. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I love avocado too, but um, okay, here's another one. And I was trying to look for not too, too serious, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of serious things happening in the world. Maybe we'll come to that next. But. This one you will like. Uh, this is on ABC News, and it's a good story. Surgical face masks, oh, which yeah. we're all very well acquainted with, mm-hmm. they make people look more attractive, a new study has found. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was actually talking to someone the other day, and uh, I said, oh, this person, you know, that they're interested in, I was like, they're not so bad looking. They're like, they're wearing a face mask. <laughs> So, so, oh, okay. Well, anyway. That's so funny. Like, I, DJ Shell and I were just we were walking through a car park yesterday and she's like, I think that guy's pretty handsome, but you can't tell because he's wearing a face mask. And I'm like, yeah, he kind of, I don't know either. <laughs> but so, how yeah. is that true? More attractive? Just because it hides ugliness? Is that what I, you're saying? Let me just read to you the opening of this article because it's really cool. Dating during COVID-19 pandemic just became mildly more exciting. <laughs> Striding up to greet someone for the first time with half your face obscured doesn't exactly fill you with meet cute, cute confidence, but a new study by British academics suggests that protective face masks can make you more attractive, particularly the blue surgical kind. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Was this study funded by the blue surgical mask manufacturers? <laughs> oh, I don't know. But they asked 43 women to attra- to rate the attractiveness of 40 male faces uh, with and without different types of masks and coverings. And they, oh. they found that people were considered more attractive when they're covered by a medical face mask. So there you go, everyone. Oh. Go out and get a face mask. <laughs> get a face mask. Get a date. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, there is obviously a lot more uh, serious things happening in the world still. We're 
still hearing about the terrible um, tragedy that's unfolding, an unprecedented disaster, they're calling it in Tonga. Um, You know, and uh, I saw more story on the lady that, uh, one lady that I know of, there was three people that have died, uh, one lady was a British lady, I believe, and, yeah, terrible, just really sad. Is it the, the one that went back to save her dogs? Yes, yeah, you saw that so story sad. too. Yeah. So uh, really, really sad. And actually, you know, on one island there, there's an island there in that group of islands called Mango Island. Every home on that island was destroyed. Only two homes were left standing on a nearby island as well. So the damage is extensive. There's about 100 people that live on that island, but... Yeah, what was, must it be to be cut yeah. off and uh, to be just have everything that your life is built on just, you know, destroyed? Right. And it's so much more complicated, The um, like the rescue missions over there, due to the fact that they're all on like little islands. Like Tonga is a series of islands, it's not like just one island. So True. it's going to make it so much harder to provide aid and, um, and get, yeah, get help to them. That's right. And with all the ash and everything. Drinking water is a priority. And I think oh, we've, yeah. sent, we've sent aid over there at the moment. But, um, is that through Agile? I don't know. Humanitarian agencies probably, probably would be yeah. one of them. That's the Adventist Disaster Relief Agency, and they would be all over that. So, yeah, yeah, because we have our church out there as well. And also, um, now, this was interesting, just in light of all that's happening there, the island nation is now fearful of COVID coming to the island because of all the aid that's coming. Oh. So now they're worried about COVID. They didn't have to worry about that as much before. And so, they haven't had COVID yet? Yeah, it's, it's putting people... Um, yeah, they're very cautious about receiving all the aid and the personnel that are coming in. So, yeah. Yeah, wow. So I'm compounding disasters. Um, and I guess um, if they the haven't moment. had COVID, they probably haven't had access to vaccines either. So That's true. Mm. And, uh, yeah, on that note, it's also interesting looking at what's happening on the COVID front in Greece. This is interesting. Greece has begun imposing recurring fines on people over the age of 60 who are unvaccinated to try and boost inoculation Aww. in the most vulnerable group of age group as the infection rates there are fast spreading with the Omicron variant slowing, but I think Delta is sort of taking off there. So you could be fined in, uh, in Greece if you're over 60 and you haven't been uh, vaccinated. Just fascinating times um, that we're living yeah, in. Yeah, that's, um, that's quite a violation of human rights in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I'm not for, I'm not against or particularly for the vaccine, but I definitely am um, for people being able to make up their own minds and be able I to live I'm by their own conscience. Right where you are. Like yeah. People should be able to make a choice. That's and, right. Um, yeah. All right, and here is another one here. This one is a study that's also been done. Researchers are finding a link between patients that have a, that are high on the BMI scale. They are more likely and more vulnerable to long-term COVID effects. Really? So there's another inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> for me us. to lose weight, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so if I catch COVID, it won't be so bad or so long. <laughs> oh, no, no. This is like for all of us to really look after ourselves because um, this is part of uh, Loma Linda University did a oh. recent study of 5,000 patients mm-hmm. and they discovered that this is the case. But do, I'm finding that, that piece of information, that the underlying piece of information there to be quite repetitive. I've heard so many times how if you – are healthy, you follow a plant-based whole foods diet, you exercise, you get good rest, sunshine. Basically that new start acronym that we were hearing about on Tuesday, we had a lady come in who did a health segment for us. And so many times I've heard studies about people who are following that, their symptoms, their um, 
the longevity of the COVID is greatly reduced. So, so I, yeah, I just keep hearing more and more about that lifestyle. That lifestyle, I'll tell you what, Sharice, there's something in that lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you made a great case yesterday about um, the wine. Oh, yeah, the skin cancer and the wine, and well, just cancer in general, thanks to wine and the non-antioxidants <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in that wine. So, really, healthy lifestyle all goes a all long way. Yeah, in especially in a time when we have a pandemic. And last but not least, um, talking about social media and the effects of social media on body Ooh. image, Ooh. 32% of teen girls say that they feel bad about their bodies when they're on Instagram. Okay. So Instagram increases anxiety and depression um, among teens who report suicidal thoughts. 13% of British users and 6% of American users trace the desire to kill themselves to Instagram. That's horrific. So Instagram makes body image issues worse for one in three teen girls. That's not great. No. We need to be doing something better for our teen girls. So we need to be aware of it. Yeah, actually my New Year's resolution this year is to not spend so much time on Instagram because I find it really, I don't know, it just hijacks my brain. So I've turned off all notifications for Instagram and I'm finding I'm getting a lot of my life back. Awesome. Uh, which is great. Yeah, but yeah, we need to definitely explore the reality of Instagram and social media and what it's doing to us and maybe instead live in a... You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Uh, welcome, to the bre- welcome back to The Breakfast Show. Sorry, I've still got a mouthful full of Sharissa's delicious apple slices. Um, they really make you, It's like they're so sweet, but they sort of like make your mouth sort of water. Yeah, they do. Mm, yes, very nice. And maybe if you come along to the Sacred Concert on Sunday night, Sharissa might be there with those apple slices. I better start dehydrating now. <laughs> yeah. Start while. peeling and slicing, Sharissa. You're going to have a, a horde of people from Faith FM turning up. Uh, so the, it's a free concert, which is really great. It's happening this Saturday night, uh, 6 p.m., the 22nd of January. It is brought to you by the Eastwood Choir and Orchestra, Eastwood Missions. Uh, it is at Hamilton Seventh-day Adventures Church, which is at 105 Lindsay Street, Hamilton, New South Wales. Be inspired and uplifted by young musical talent. I love a good concert. Me too. And yeah. it's going to be one of those good ones. Yeah, absolutely. Time for our quiz. It is question three that we are up to. We're 300 points. What did John call the new Jerusalem he saw in a vision coming down out of heaven? What did John call the new Jerusalem he saw in a vision coming down out of heaven? If you think you know the answer, 0491 that is also the number to text or call if you have a question about the Bible or something Bible-related, something about religion maybe, something about faith, something you've been wondering about. 0491 We will endeavor to answer your questions at the question of the day segment at the end of the show. You are welcome to stay anonymous. <laughs> it is now time for our guest interview. I'm very excited to have this fellow on the line. Welcome to the show, Pastor Byron. Thank you, and uh, thank you for having me. Now, it is my understanding that you are doing a monthly step-by-step through the book of Genesis, which I'm really excited about because I love like the history of Genesis and all the, the meaning behind everything in Genesis. Where were you up to last time you were on the show, Byron? Yeah, it was the uh, visitation, of course, of uh, Jacob uh, going up north to Bethel to visit his family, to escape from the wrath of, uh, of Esau. So... He then unites with his uncle, which is Laban, and um, he falls in love with the younger daughter, and uh, for whom he will be willing to work seven years and 
Then there's a little trick that Laban has up his sleeve and he hooks him for another seven years wow. because he gave him the oldest daughter first. Sharissa, do you agree your husband uh, went so, yeah. 14 years for you? I, I would yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> Byron, would you have worked 14 years for your wife? <laughs> Uh, I quite look at it that way. Uh, I knew I didn't have to work seven years for it. <laughs> Bless. Can t- take us through this story. This is a great story. Go on. The great story is really that the when you look at the birth of the nation of Israel, so we have, uh, we have two wives involved who are sisters. We are having two handmaids who are thrown into the battle because really what we're talking about here is a war of babies. It's about vying for the affection and the loyalty of the husband, Jacob, who other, you couldn't say takes a passive part here because after all, uh, you know, there is at least 12 sons and the daughter as well is named by the name of Dina, she would not have been the only daughter. But uh, and so, so he seems to go along with the wives pretty well. This out, and we're not talking about dinner or lunch or what have you, but the directions as they want to see him uh, function, and he just goes it along. And it's quite an amazing, an amazing story um, that he gets caught up in all of this. So the birth of the nation of Israel is really not out of a stability, a peaceful surrounding. It's really one of contention and, uh, what shall I say, a rivalry. Yeah, and wow. the other thing that I think is very important, very important, normally the, the fathers name the children. You'll find in this instance, and this is the intriguing thing, you find in this instance that the wives or concubines as well, well, mainly the wives, of course, they give the names to the children, expressing their mood and their, what shall I say, their ambitions. And it's reflected in all the names of the uh, of the 12 sons, which is fascinating. So you've got, you've got and, a wife and a, a second wife, like a concubine, and they're sort of jealous and at war with each other, and then they both have sons, and then the sons are at war with each other? Yeah, it, it works like this. So he he marries uh, Leah, which was not his intention. Uh, Laban, the father, came out with the story that he has to get rid of the oldest daughter first and can give her only to marriage prior to being able to uh, give the hand of marriage to uh, allow a hand of marriage to the, the younger one. It was Rachel whom he loved. Now, Leah had to be complicit in this setup. The idea was that during the wedding, the bride is failed. So he didn't know. He didn't know it was Ray or that it was Leah. He finds out in the morning, a bit late, but that's where it is. He finds out in the morning that uh, it is Leah. And so he's now uh, gets landed with another seven years of service for Rachel. And then God, the Bible says, God looked at uh, at Leah and and she was unloved by Jacob. So he opened her womb. In other words, she conceives. And when you start with Leah, the older sister, uh, who is not as pretty looking, and you can debate whether it's just the eyes or the rest as well, 
could be the personality too. Whichever way, the older sister is not really loved by Jacob, but she must have loved Jacob because she would have had to have been in on the on the trick that was played on Jacob. So she produces four sons to begin with. And so the first one, and here are the names. I'll just go through the names if you like. Mm-hmm. It's quite fascinating Please do. Uh, when, when you look at it. So so then you get a Ruben. Now, uh, that is uh, the verb Ra and Dane, which is son. So see here a son. So Leah is very, uh, what shall I say, uh, she's very happy that she's got a son, very proud of it because being barren, for a woman, even in Upper Mesopotamia, as it is with the, with the Jewish uh, establishment, being barren is really a very negative thing. Can uh, give an excuse for polygamy or even divorce. Uh, it's, it's, it's considered a, a big negative. So she has a son. Then she gets Simeon. Now, Simeon means to be heard. So she feels that God hears her grievance, that she's not loved. Uh, there she expects there's another son. And she believes that the more kids she will have, the more Jacob will be attracted to her. And so he she gets another son by the name of Levi. And Levi means really joined or united. And then she gets number four, Judah. Yehuda in, in Hebrew, from where we get the word Jews, by the way. Uh, means thanksgiving or the praise of the Lord. She's very happy. And then it stops. Oh. And then it stops. And uh, so she, uh, we return to, to Rachel, who has a, a servant by the name of uh, Bilhah. And uh, she throws Bilhah into the battle to produce from Jacob offspring, which was a, according to the law of Hammurabi, it was absolutely uh, acceptable to have your handmaid produce or be the surrogate mother, if you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jacob doesn't uh, object and uh, goes it along. And uh, she comes up with two sons, uh, Don. And Don means judge. So Rachel is saying God has judged and uh, he has judged. And uh, therefore I have now a son, be it through Bilhah. And then there is another son coming up, and his name is Naphtali. Naphtali means my struggle. This is the expression of the difficulty that Rachel has, that she is actually barren herself. And uh, these are the two sons that Jacob gets added to the the others, uh, through Bilhah, the uh, Rachel servant. And then, of course, Leah, who has stopped having babies, uh, has her own offensive, and she has a handmaid by the name of Silpa. And uh, Silpa is thrown into the battle. Wow. And uh, Jacob seems to go it along. And uh, so now we have uh, the two sons, Gat, G-A-D, Gat in, in, in English, uh, which means uh, fortune, fortunate. That is not a bad translation. Um, and so, so that one comes uh, into the picture, and then you have Asher, which means happy. So uh, Leah is very happy that, uh, according to the same system of using a handmaid to get uh, children, offspring, 
she's got two additional sons, and uh, that makes six altogether. And uh, so, so then, ultimately, ultimately, Rachel herself, God opens her womb. The Bible says she has a son by the name of Joseph, as we know. So that's after 14 years uh, that Jacob has been there. So we have Joseph. The Lord will add. That's what the name would mean. Um, and so Rachel is very happy. She believes that uh, the Lord will add further sons to her uh, offspring. And uh, six years later, she has Benjamin, uh, which means son of the right hand. That's the last of the list. Uh, other than uh, Isfasar and Zebulon, uh, they somewhere around the line were produced again by Leah, who conceived. Isaskar and Zebulun. We're not exactly sure of the precise order, but that's roughly the order that uh, that it all occurred. So that's got to be the most uh, messed up very, family tree I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's quite fascinating the way, uh, and that is what that's what I'm saying. This is what the the nation of Israel. The, it's the very foundation comes from this uh, this account, this rivalry, this story, this setting. And it's, um, yeah, I thought it is, uh, it, it is interesting. Oh, do, do we know from the Bible at all what God thought of all this sort of biological messing around, like this warfare through having kids? It's a good question. You know, it's amazing, actually. It's interesting, isn't it, that, that one man, one woman was always God's design. Polygamy wasn't. It never was. Yeah. And, uh, but here we have uh, a perpetration by... Uh, well, I mean, let's just go back to Abraham. He took, of course, uh, Hagar. You know, that wasn't uh, already a, uh, a compromise that was not meant to be happening. And, of course, God rejected the offspring, Ismael, as being the, uh, you know, obviously the direct uh, lineage. But we have here Jacob, who whose intent is, is on the ball. He, he obviously had arrived and he had no funds or assets to use as a dowry, so he he is willing to work for her for seven years, but he gets tricked. Mm. And his love for her, for Rachel, is so strong that he, after the week of the ceremony, of wedding ceremony is over with Leah, he takes Rachel. And you can imagine the tensions that would have been uh, effective in that family. Firstly, as I said, Leah would have had to have been complicit to this. Yeah. And I think that didn't help her relationship with Jacob. Can I just she ask? She must have loved him. Can I just, um, can I just ask? You, you know how, so Jesus comes through this genealogy, right? So did he yeah. come through Rachel or through Leah's sons? Because, you know, Rachel was the no. one that was loved and Leah was, but Leah was the first one. So which yeah, one? He comes through Leah. Okay. He comes through the fourth son of Leah, which is Judah. Gotcha, okay. From the line of Judah. And that's uh, that's the lineage of, of, of course, the Davidic descendancy. And that is where the uh, death of Jesus comes from, from that tribe. Could that be almost taken as a sign of God as to who he favoured in terms of which of the wives, you know, maybe in, in that kind of a sense? I have to say, uh, 
as you say, you know, the question was, is there any expression on the part of God of approval or disapproval or consent or uh, that uh, God seems to almost like let it happen mm-hmm. for except for except he intervenes by opening the womb of Leah so who can have children and she has four in a row. And then we get the the handmaids being thrown into the battle and Rachel started that. Who then ultimately gets again God opened the womb and there is Joseph. This is after being there for fourteen years. Joseph uh, is is born, and then uh, there is still an activity of Leah that she bears two other sons as well. And the ultimate, the last one, as we know, is Benjamin by Rachel. There is an absence of an expression of disapproval, but it was not. It was not God's design. That's for sure. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, Pastor Byron. That was extremely interesting. I look forward to tuning in next month to hear the um, follow-up on this. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.